and we're live good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are in the world welcome to daily confidence for entrepreneurs my name is mustafa hosseini and i'm your host for the show today i have an amazing uh, guest uh, jesse please uh, pronounce your last name before i butcher it in front of the whole audience oh, it's okay dude it's totally butcherable butcherable it's brisendine it's one of those that rolls right off the tip of the tongue brisendine see when you say it it's easy <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let me tell you a little bit of an overview about our show and what we're doing, and we're going to dive right into it. Uh, Daily Confidence for Entrepreneurs, we work on helping uh, entrepreneurs and business owners to boost their confidence and self-esteem and to increase, increase and boost their confidence in different areas of business, whether that's sales, whether that's dealing with people, managing your business, marketing, hiring, firing. It could be confidence in different areas so during the show uh we share tips and actionable advice that you can use on a daily basis and you can hopefully once you're uh, you know listen to the show or the podcast or watch us you walk away with some actionable items that you can start trying and testing and apply to your business and to yourself almost immediately so that's the purpose of the show if you haven't downloaded so already i've got a list called uh, confidence 52 that is where uh, you will see a list of 52 things and uh, action items that you could do to boost your confidence almost immediately and instantly. So if you visit uh, dailyconfidence.show slash resources, you could download uh, that checklist and start working on it right away. And there is so much in there in terms of uh, the items that you could try so that if you don't like one of them, you just move right to the next one and you give that a try. Anyway, let me introduce my guest and we're going to dive right into it. Jesse Brinsendine, uh, the creator, creator of Zero Limits Coaching, is a world-renowned expert who works with individuals and organizations to move beyond their limitations and unlock their greatness. Business leaders, Hollywood celebrities, entrepreneurs, medical professionals, and educators have utilized Jesse's services to break through limiting beliefs, uncover their unique purpose, building thriving businesses, and living fulfilling lives. Jesse is a big fan of buffets, professional wrestlings, fighting the silver lining in any situations, and I just discovered that he also likes to spend time in the mountains. Welcome, Jesse. Mustafa, thanks for having me, man. I feel like it's been so long since we've seen each other. <laughs> yeah, it's been a few hours, man. We <laughs> can't believe that. <laughs> um, so, Jesse, what what what's your story? Yeah, well, Mustafa, first of all, thanks for having me, man. Uh, Mustafa, Great to have you. Some time together every every day for the last three or four days now, and my story, you know, it's kind of an interesting one. And in that I was actually talking with somebody about this the other day. I would classify myself, classify myself first of all as an introvert, and I have grown up and spent most of my life always being that shy kid. And when I say shy, self confident, self conscious, I'm I'm meaning shy and self conscious at another level. It was something where I'll give you a couple of examples. <clears throat> I was so insecure and self-conscious going into high school my freshman year that I actually broke out in hives, covered my whole body. I'd stressed myself out so much about it from head to toe, just covered in hives. I had to go to the hospital and drink that drink where they light you up and then they take the exams because I was giving myself such horrible stomach pains from the anxiety I was heaping on myself. 
in college my freshman year. It's interesting how these whole things happen freshman year. I remember there was, I was sitting in my psych one class and in the section for it. And a girl taps me on the shoulder to ask me a question about the homework. I turn around and I skip pink, red and go straight to purple, full perspiring down my face. I was so uncomfortable with her communicating with me. And I had such a non-existent set of people skills that stumbling out the the answer to her question was like, I, I don't you know, going to second base or something with a girl for me. I, it was that bad. And she obviously, she never sat next to me again after that. So one thing I've learned just on my journey of, of really working through those pieces and getting to where I am now, and I, you know, some people will see me when I do presentations, I teach, I'm speaking, I seem very extroverted, but I still very much have that introverted piece. But what I've learned for myself is that I can be very confident in parts of my parts of myself, both professionally and personally. And I think too, as it pertains to confidence, one of the most important pieces of confidence is just getting confident in who you are. So whether it's introverted or extroverted, embrace that. I used to think it was bad to be introverted, you know, that it was bad to have a shyness to it and that it was always going to help me hold me back and was wrong. And now I've learned that that can actually be a superpower too. Absolutely. 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 I mean, you, you've just got to embrace and be happy with who you are. I love that statement. Hi, Robert. Welcome, Robert. Good to have you with us. Gang, for those of you who joined us later, we're just having a friendly conversation with Jesse about confidence. If you have any questions about um, confidence and self-esteem and what we're talking about, pop it into the chat, and we're going to be giving away some gifts, uh, both uh, me and I just voluntold Jesse into giving away some gifts, so we'll do that together. <laughs> um, so... What's your story with confidence? So where did where did you go from there? I mean, you were very shy. You, you I mean, a uh, girl touched you on the shoulder, and all of a sudden, you you had a hard time responding to that. What what's the rest of the story? Where did where, where did that go from there? Yeah, mine. You know, origins of confidence, lack of confidence, security, insecurity, all those. If we if we really are playing with the psychology of it. We can always trace them back and pinpoint them to certain moments in our life that really define that moments that we essentially drew the line in the sand and made the decision that what was no longer will be. And what I'm deciding now is now going to be the new blueprint for who I am, how I see myself, what I believe about myself. <clears throat> My psychology is very much dictated by how I felt about myself. I grew up feeling you know, pretty worthless. I grew up feeling like I was causing my parents a tremendous amount of pain from financial hardships they were incurring. I, it was such, it was so bad that when I was about eight, nine years old, I actually tried to take my life because I felt like that was the only way I could spare my parents the financial burden of raising me. At how old again? About eight, nine years old. Oh my God. And, and my parents, I know they both love me. You know, they were just, and this is no blame on them. They were doing the best they could at that time, just like all of us are, right? It's easy with the gift of hindsight to be able to say, well, you should have done this. You should have done that. I don't know about any of you who are watching or listening, but you've arrived at an age where your parents were when you were a kid and you realize how little that you have actually figured out. And that's with Google where we can get our answers instantaneously. So imagine how it must have been for them. 
also going through their own stuff, their own childhood things. And these kinds of discussions weren't going on. So if you haven't forgiven your parents yet, maybe reach out and give them a little bit of love for that. So I had that going on with Safa. That was a huge thing. And so that dictated. And then what also happened with me on the physical front is I oscillated from being a very chunky kid to then going to another extreme of, of growing, but being a really skinny kid. So not only did I have such a heavy emotional burden I'd put on myself, but I had this massive physical hang up in my own body, you know, who I was and identifying myself, especially when we're young. And I think we start to identify ourselves so much on physical appearance, physicality. I really struggled with that. And those two things really dictated much of my early life around feeling so shy, feeling so insecure, feeling such a lack of confidence. So tell us about how you made peace with your parents. What was that process like for you? You know, it, it wasn't so much, I appreciate the question and it wasn't so much of making peace with my parents as it was making peace with myself. Okay. I how, think did you make, how did you, how did you make peace with yourself? Yeah. So I believe that all human beings at any given moment are doing the best they can with what they have in any given set of circumstances, considering all the hurts, trials, tribulations, everything they've been through. It's through the almost omnipotence of our judgment that we think that they should have done better, right? They should have had everything, had everything at their disposal. The average human being, if we play in this space, the average human being thinks anywhere from 40 to 80,000 thoughts a day, of which 75 to 80% of those thoughts are negative, what we would classify as negative. Most of those negative dialogues are dialogues about ourself. I'm not lovable. What are they thinking of me? Are they going to think I'm stupid? Are they going to think I'm a failure? Are they going to think that I'm not enough? Gosh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm never going to succeed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm a horrible husband, a horrible wife, blah, 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 blah. I don't need to regurgitate it. We all know those dialogues because we all run through it. Mm -hmm. What we're also doing in that framework, and then so we can ask ourselves right now, if we if we acknowledge we think 48,000 thoughts a day, depending on what day or time you're watching this, how many of your thoughts do you remember thus far? A fraction of them. And so at any given time we're remembering, we're actually consciously aware of a fraction of those thoughts that are running through our mind. But what happens when we cast judgment on someone else, especially with our parents or the people who we often love and care about the most, we judge them not as who they are as a human being, but as the expectation, the pedestal we've placed them on. So we yeah. expect our parents to always have the answers, always have the solutions, have everything figured out, that they're beyond flaw right? It's, it's an unspoken bond between parent and child. It's an assumption that we all make, and it's a very mm -hmm. human piece of us. And when we do that, we're not accounting for them also being a human being wrestling with that 40 to 80,000 thoughts, 75 to 80% of which of them are negative. Because what we're really saying when someone does something that doesn't meet an expectation of ours, we're saying that you should have had full control over all the thoughts you were thinking. You should have been able to filter them all out to thinking thoughts that were only conducive to supporting me in the absolute best way possible. Yeah. Mustafa, I don't know about you, man, but I have still yet to master that for myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when that comes to about really forgiving parents and being able to make amends with that, it was first about making amends with myself. It was about acknowledging, being able to acknowledge the humanness in my parents and to realize that they were just two human beings doing the best they could with what they had. Does that make them right or wrong? I know, you know, if we want to play in that space, we could, but what I'd rather see it is just two humans doing the best they could. Yeah. And, and that was a powerful place because it gave me a place of acceptance mm -hmm. and it allowed me to let go of the, the expectations that I felt were never met.
Absolutely. Um, personally, for me, I think there's two there's two parts to that. Um, I went through a, a what's called the Demartini method. Dr. John Demartini has a method where you start um, analyzing people and events uh, around you, and you start with your mom and dad, because your relationship with your mom and dad basically determines your relationship with men and women. The quality of your relationship with men or with your dad determines the quality of your relationship with all men out there. And if you don't believe me, just sit down and take a look at how your relationship is with your dad and you'll see how your relationship with you is men out there and same with women. Now with the Demartini method, but I'm so glad that I did, uh, my friend Alexander Ford introduced me to this uh, process. So you sit down and, you, and you, write, you write down, what do you hate about your dad? Okay. And then, so there's a series of questions. There's about eight of them. And then the next question is find instances in your life when, when you showed the exact same characteristics to other people and people saw you. And when you sit down and you think about it, you're like, holy crap, I did the exact same thing and I still do it. And then, so you just go through, analyze your basically mom and dad first on what's good, what's bad about them. You neutralize your thinking and your approach to your mom and dad, and then everything becomes neutral. And I think that process kind of sets you free. It's very liberating. I absolutely love that process. If you haven't done it, so the Demartini method for any viewers and listeners is an absolute must for everybody. And that helped me make peace with my mom and dad. Hmm. And as a result, it helped me improve my relationship with men and women. Hmm. And so I love what you just shared, shared about the personal aspect. And I think the other thing for me as a parent and, and I agree with you 100% on how parents are doing their best, although some are not really trying their best. I mean, they're, they're just being who they are, which is fine. As, as a father, sometimes I think, what should I do now with my life and my family so that 20 years later my kids don't go, what the hell were you thinking, Dad? You know, I think as a parent, I should ask myself that question. I think I owe my family that that at least a question say what should i be doing right now so that 20 20 years later i don't regret and i don't have to face my kids saying what were you doing in the past yeah time? and maybe instead of asking it of yourself ask it of your kids yeah right because a lot of times i think we put that responsibility on ourselves that we're supposed to have the answers know the answers whatever that is. And so we keep looking at self for the answers, oftentimes, especially when it pertains to other people. And so we'll usually try to find the answer within problem solve it ourselves versus asking the question of the people who whose answers we're really looking for. You know, asking the question of your children, what would they love for you to be doing right now? And their answers may really surprise you. And then it just it creates a wonderful platform for you to build a bond and a relationship. And I think that really pertains to confidence too, because so much of our absence of confidence is based off of assumptions that we have unfounded evidence around. So it's the assumption that I'm this, I don't have anything to contribute. They won't listen to me. They won't talk to me. You know, what are people going to think? All those types of things. And because we don't go and just ask directly to the source, we think it's wrong, bad, weird, strange, whatever it is. We think that if we pick up the phone, there's going to be a fire breathing dragon at the other end, even though, and we forget it's another human being that wakes up and they get, they get hangry just like the rest of us. 
we won't do that. We'll tell ourselves a story about it that reinforces the lack of confidence. And we, we, and so it strips away the humanity of the other. It takes away the relatability. I think confidence can be built from going directly to the sources, right? Or your confidence as a father could be strengthened by asking yourselves those questions and trying to figure it out, which is a trial by error. Or you could just go directly to the source, your children, and just say, hey, guys, like, what do you need from me? What would be great for you? That's a good one. What do you think? <clears throat> and I think another thing for parents, or for anybody actually, is being vulnerable and asking questions and getting support, yeah. right? Hence the, the the idea of you know working maybe, maybe with a life coach, maybe with a mindset coach and or your friends and sit down and <clears throat> work on what are you working on right now? What is What are you working on creating right now? And give and get feedback, get get suggestions, and apply them, because as long as we're in our own picture, we cannot see our own picture because we're in it. But someone from outside could give us feedback, could give us suggestions, and this could be in a form of a mentor, a friend, a colleague, a coach, um, a consultant of some sort. But I think, with my experience, people that work with People that are open to receiving help and feedback and support do much better compared to the people that are just like, oh, I got it. I don't need any help. <clears throat> so, Jesse, what was – was there like a story or an event in your life that helped you go from the shy kid to who you are now? You know – I don't know if it was necessarily one thing or the other. And in some, in some ways, I'm still very much that shy kid. If you, if you were to stick me in a, a room of people who I don't know where the whole stranger danger thing goes off, I, I am totally at times that person who will awkwardly hang out next to the, the cocktail table, either over consuming the snacks or, or hurriedly drinking the drinks to get the confidence buzz, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think where it really, what has really been transformative to me, Mustafa, is I find that where I do exude confidence is in areas that I believe in and I'm passionate about. And I think that's a really important qualification for people in that being confident doesn't necessarily mean you have to be confident in all things, all situations, all people or anything like that. Yeah. It's about gaining clarity about who you are, what you want, what you believe in, what matters to you most, what values you share, those types of things. Confidence is really, it's an internal piece versus an external search. Yeah. You're right. Oftentimes we, we attribute confidence in the building of it by outside sources. So my ability to go and have a conversation with a stranger, my ability to go in here and present to this or that. Is there a skill set involved with that? Absolutely. But more so, the real work begins with really gaining clarity about who you are, what matters most to you, right. what you want. And in that, you start to find you're going to be able to develop confidence from that. I feel comfortable and confident having this discussion with you because it's on a topic that I'm passionate about, I believe in. I've built trust in you. I've built a friendship with you. So it's a very comfortable space. Yeah. If you were to change the discussion and talk about you know, something that I may not be versed in, or I may not put as much of my belief system towards, you know, I don't know what that would be. Let's just say, should there be another, should the NBA launch a second half of the season or something like that? 
you know, I you'll see my body language change because I just don't know. I'm not I'm not confident in there because it, it's not something that's really meaningful or, or purposeful to me. So I think one of the things that's really powerful for people is to give themselves permission that you don't have to be confident all the time on anything and everything. And confidence is not necessarily too, and especially in our culture, I think a lot of times we moonlight confidence as who can yell the loudest and be the most this. Sometimes confidence is just being able to sit in and listen to other people. And watch, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's real confidence and that knowing that you are so congruent with your belief system, your value system, that you don't need to point and blame and try to tear others down or to get into a right versus wrong dynamic. But instead, you can really sit back and listen from a genuine place of curiosity because it's from curiosity you can start to really uncover what someone believes, why they believe, what they believe, what their values is. And if you're trying to do business with them, mm -hmm. that is a powerful, powerful leverage point because now you're no longer communicating with the product or service. You're now communicating with the core, the essence of who that human being is. And if you can appeal to that, that really very quickly catapults you past, you know, business to business to human to human, soul to soul. We, we, we all know that no like and trust trumps just about everything. And we've all seen the studies, 85% of people are more willing to do business with someone they like and trust, even though if they have an inferior product at a superior price, you want to get to that place faster get so confident who you are in terms of what you believe, what you value that you don't need to point and blame or anything like that, or yell loudly to get yourself heard, but you can really sit, listen, analyze and understand the other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you talked about getting to know yourself and who you are. What would that process look like for you? Or what was that like for you? Yeah. You know, I, one of the, there's a couple things and it's, it's very, the process of it is very basic, but it's, it's extremely, I think it's extremely involving. And the basics of it is it's reading and writing more. It was going and reading more books, writing down things, thoughts, asking myself questions. Most of us, we do not ask ourselves nearly enough questions. We just make statements. We make generalizations. We exist in a world where we make such broad generalizations that because of that, it becomes dogma to who we are. And that just does a massive disservice to us mm -hmm. when we start to exist in that space. We'll say, oh, everything, never. I'll never this. I'll never that. That's a horrible handicap that you're heaping upon yourself versus really digging in and asking yourself questions. We accept emotions as being facts versus embracing them as messengers. You know, imagine the world, what your world would be like if every time you felt fear, instead of saying to yourself, gosh, this is fearful, I shouldn't do this, or man, I don't want to sit with this. We instead ask the question, okay, fear, what are you trying to teach me? What is the message here? What am I trying to learn? What's deeper? So the process really looks like that. It's, it's number one, it's learning to ask questions of yourself. It's learning to ask questions of your emotions. Number two, it's allowing yourself to be curious. Be curious about books to read, videos to watch, lives like this to engage in. In writing things down, writing down thoughts you have, ideas you have, giving yourself permission to just honor whatever's on your heart and mind as opposed to regurgitating the recycled concoction that we put together, what we believe society expects of us, what our peers expect of us. And in so doing, you know, you create an awareness. And when you create awareness, awareness always precedes transformation. 
Mm-hmm. We really want to transform how we perceive ourselves and how we feel about ourselves in terms of confidence. We must first gift ourselves that awareness. Absolutely. I love that. Love that. Can I share with you what I did? Please. Absolutely. I did a couple of things. Um, there is this process where you pick up a, a, a pen and paper or you open a word document or a word processing thing or a software and you start with I am and then you you follow that sentence I am Mustafa this is who I am and then you start describing who you are and you just keep going and you just explain who you are and what you do and that that process alone gave me so much um, clarity into defining who I am and um, explaining who I am and then it just made it made it more clear to myself um, and, and I agree, agree with you 100% on reading and learning and, and learning more about yourself. Another thing that I did is I did a personal SWOT analysis. It's like you find out what are my strengths, what are my weaknesses, what are the opportunities out there for me, and what are the threats out there for me. And that alone, when I just the first two parts of what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses especially the weakness part, amazing awareness as to, and, and I admit that here are my weaknesses. And some people on the other side of the coin, some people don't give themselves enough credit for their strength. And they're all constantly beating themselves up. And, and I think that that also helps on top of everything that you just talked, you just talked about. Yeah. And we give ourselves an unfair, standard of excellence. I think one of the things, one of the detriments of social media is that because we have a window into everyone else's life and specifically everyone else's curated life, the window they want us to see through, one of the challenges with that is, especially maybe in entrepreneurial space, we come in and let's say we want to sell toothbrushes and there is somebody, Mustafa just happens to be the top toothbrush salesperson in the whole world. And because Mustafa's on social media, we go and look at him. We're looking for models. We've all learned about modeling and how important that is. We follow Mustafa on social media. And every day, Mustafa takes pictures of himself in front of his private jet that he calls Colgate and his Ferrari that he calls Crest. And we see Mustafa with the private jet, private Colgate and and driving Crest. And we think, well, I'm not anywhere near that. Like, how the hell am I even supposed to get into this? Maybe I shouldn't even start. I'm, I'm all these types of things. That's, it's not a fair comparison because what we're not seeing is all the work that Mustafa put in before it. And, you know, I love the story of Michael Jordan failing the high school basketball team because, or not making pick, pick, picked up for the varsity team, because what it attributes to is all the work that Michael Jordan had to put in to becoming Michael Jordan. We, when we're making these, assessments of others and we're comparing ourselves to them we handicap ourselves and thinking that they're so much further ahead of us that we aren't able to catch up where actually we're not seeing that they too had to learn to crawl before they could walk before they could run and that if they were able to go through those steps that wherever point we are on our journey we can too and again Mm -hmm. we're we're not asking the questions. The questions that we should be asking is if I got to talk with Mustafa and got to ask him, you know, with it, it's not, how did you buy the Ferrari? It's that, Hey, Mustafa, when you first started your business and you were three months into it, what was the, 
what was the main thing, the difference maker that made a difference? Or if you could go back to where you were three months in your business, and if you could have known one thing that you know now, what would have quantum leaped your success? Imagine if we were to ask those kinds of questions to those folks. Let me ask you that right now. What was it for you? If, if you were three months in your business? Dude, I didn't think I was, by sharing that, you were going to turn around and ask me the question. <laughs> uh, you know what, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, it would be being vulnerable. It'd be being vulnerable and it would be yeah. more willing to be myself and less about what others. I was so incredibly hard on myself and I was so focused on trying to be who I thought I needed to be and the role I thought I needed to fill that I was never willing to have conversations, ask for help, reach out, you know, be able to show up like a, on a thing like this and, and just be more like myself. I always thought I had to put on my, my, the hat that people thought they needed to see. And I Absolutely. think if I would have done that early on, man, it would have taken away God knows how much stress, anxiety, suffering, wow. everything. And it made the whole process so much more fun. Absolutely. That, that, that would be one of my, one of the things on my list as well. I mean, vulnerability. So here's the thing. Confident people are vulnerable. The people that make a lot of noise are not confident. The people that act like they know it all are not confident. Confident people go ask for help. Confident people ask for um, uh, support and they put the, and they, they, they put it out there. Hey guys, I need help with this. Who here can help me with? And people out there have such good hearts that they're like, you know what? I can actually help you with this. Or I know someone that can help you with this. Or here's what I've done. I had the same problem. Like one of the things that we see in our courses, in our coaching programs, and I'm, as I'm sure you're experiencing this as well, when we put people together, one of the massive aha moments that people have, our students have in our classes, like when we put them in a breakout session and they start talking about their problems and they come out there and they're like, oh my God, I thought I was the only crazy person with, with this problem. I feel like I'm not alone anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I think I, I agree with you 100%. I think vulnerability, vulnerability would be um, the number one uh, item on the list to go there out there and ask for help. It's tough. It's a really tough game to try to figure everything out on your own. Dude. And I've is, done that myself. Me too, man. It is tough and it is, it is so lonely. It is so, so heavy. And to even keep that existence going, you have to keep a story going that nobody understands. Nobody wants to help. Nobody gets it. Nobody cares. And so it's so unbelievably self-isolating too. Absolutely. Um, I'm just going to read a couple of comments here from, from people that says, I think, um, I, I, I apologize if I'm butchering your name, EK or IK says the quality of questions we ask ourselves determine the quality of answers we get and the quality of life we end up having. He also says awareness precedes transformation. Uh, so true, Jesse. Yeah. Awareness is big, very big. I mean, it's, as, as soon as we understand here is my problem, you know, and, and yesterday, Jesse, we talked about stepping out of our daily hamster wheel to just relax and, and then taking a look at the whole picture from like a 10,000 view or, you know, a 10 or 20 feet view of just taking a look and seeing what's going on and to, to just to gain awareness. What's your experience on that? Yeah. One of the things I find is so incredible about being in the mountains 
is that when you're standing at the base of a mountain looking up, you're thinking, man, that thing is so big and it's so massive and it's so far away. And then once you climb the mountain, you get to the top and you look down and you think, wow, everything down there seems so small, almost insignificant. And I think that one of the incredible things about the mountains is it puts things in perspective in the sense of so many of our problems we make so big, but when we give ourselves the perspective, the 10,000 foot view, if you will, we see how in the grander scheme of things, they're far more insignificant than we may attribute to them. And that's not to say that there's real problems that we're all dealing with and they're massively significant at the time. What it is to say is it's to say how much significance we attribute to those problems really in the grander scheme of things, it might be more insignificant than we need that we, that really needs to be attributed to it or they really are. I'm trying to say now this is, and this is talking about most of the problems that we create in our mind around the stories we tell ourselves. There's real problems that we all deal with health, you know, financial, whatever that is. But part of the reason we're not able to get past those things to evolve, to grow, to fix, to problem solve, troubleshoot, whatever our vernacular is, is because we're so consumed with the problem, we're not going up on top of the mountain seeing the perspective. The other incredible thing about that mountain view is, is that once we're up there, we start to see all the other paths and all the other trails we could have taken to get there. Hell, we might even see a couple of shortcuts that we went to saw, but because we were so consumed at the bottom looking up thinking, my God, that's so big. How am I going to get there? We didn't see all those other opportunities that are right in front of us. Absolutely. Because we're too close. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Um, Jesse, what do you what do you do these days or what do you do on a regular basis to boost your confidence? Do you have a process or a procedure that you do to like to to boost your confidence? Yeah, one of the things I do every day, Mustafa, is I go to the gym at an insanely early hour. So I, I get up at 3 a.m. to get to the gym before 4 a.m. Wow. And the reason I do that is because, and it's not because I need to do the discipline of exercise. I've, I've done it long enough that I'll exercise no matter what. It's because it helps me develop psychologically in the sense of by the time I finish working out, I am confident that I have gone and done one of the hardest things of the day that I already know the majority of the population around the world isn't going to do. And then of the percentage of the population that is going to exercise, I know that I've already gotten it done before most of them have even woken up. And that to me gives me this really cool, you know, confidence boost with that. The other thing is too, is, is, is inviting myself to do the uncomfortable, you know, and looking at that and leaning into the things where I feel uncomfortable because I recognize I've often, sh I've often shied away from them and getting to a place of just asking for help, making a practice of that. I, I do try to make it a point now of at least once a week, a few times a week, asking for, for help from someone or asking for people to collaborate on something or asking people's ideas or thoughts or opinions on something like that. Uh, just getting in a habit of asking questions. You know, yeah. I, I, one of the big self-awarenesses I've had is oftentimes I will ask questions of others, not because I'm genuinely curious of the answer. I'll ask questions because I'm looking for them to say something. So then I can say something to prove to myself how smart or right I am. That's not really going to help my growth. And it's probably not going to strengthen my bond or relationship with them. So getting to the point of getting comfortable and empowered to feel just to ask questions out of genuine curiosity and to help magnify something that that person is passionate about or meaningful to them. And to, instead of 
seeking to elevate myself with that is celebrating their curiosity, celebrating their passion, man, that is a massive, massive confidence booster because it, it takes me out of that competition piece. I think I have to need to be in. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic because on one hand, going to the gym early is like this competition thing, but we, it's good to be competitive. It's good to have healthy competitions just where we put that. And on the other hand, it's very much about elevating my own sense of consciousness as it is relating to other people. Absolutely. Um, what what are you what are you excited about creating these days? You know, I, relationships right now is really big for me. You know, you and I just are recent friends met about six seven weeks ago now, and and it's just been really incredible to have that. And that came from reaching out, asking for help. Mutual friend connected us, and now we've been able to collaborate several times. Yeah, in the last several days, and I and it's it's been really fun, Masafa. Like I've I've never been a as big of a relationship creator as I have been the last several months, and I, I'm loving it. I'm loving the the synergies and the collaborations that are coming up because I've always had that I've had for so long that chip on my shoulder of doing everything on my own, figuring all those things out. It's it's been a blast to be able to finally shelve that chip fully digest it, get rid of it, expel it. And now being open to doing things like this, it, it's, it's a blast. Absolutely. Welcome Emmy. Welcome everyone else that is watching. It is great to see you guys. Uh, Jesse and I are just having a friendly conversation about confidence. If you have any questions about what we talk about, if you have any comments, <clears throat> feel free to leave it as a comment on, uh, on the, uh, on the live feed, uh, wherever you're watching. We're giving uh, away a couple of gifts here at the end of the show. I don't know what Jesse is going to give away, but I know that I'm going to give away a ticket to my workshop. Um, so that's what's happening and transpiring. Now, uh, Jesse, you've got a podcast that you've been pretty busy with. Uh, can you tell us about that, please? Yeah, I have. One of the ways we were connected is over this podcast piece I launched at the the beginning or the end of March. And it was as a, what I envisioned as a way to support people through what all was going on with COVID and it's since evolved into really being a heartfelt conversation with heart centered people. I've done 110 conversations now recorded interviews with people in the last two and a half months. And it's been really incredible. So we have video audio and because of that, it inspired the launch of a second production called building a bridge where we're tackling some of the issues that are going on in the u.s right now in terms of racial relations and how humanity we we all interact with one another with the purpose of evolving the conversations beyond race relations to really elevating the human consciousness and those two pieces they've been a blast man they've been so much they've been so incredible to do because of meeting just really awesome people like yourself because of the conversations i've been having because that People are willing to go deeper. You know, where people are venturing and being vulnerable and sharing beyond the the surface nuts and bolts of function of who they are. You know, it, sometimes I think we go to like a, it's kind of the business mixer we go to and we say, who are you and what do you do? And we, we list the functions of the jobs we do versus actually getting the depth of our soul and what we are and who we believe in. And I think in all these, both of these pieces, building a bridge and a handful of hope, common themes that are coming out of them is people, no matter where they are, color, creed, health, wealth, religious background, affiliation, 
job, all, et cetera, et cetera. You see this common thread of humanity that's so evident of people wanting to be loved, wanting to be heard, wanting to be understood, wanting to matter, wanting to contribute significantly. And everybody is going around life, figuring out their space that they can do that and to be able to have a meaningful emotional experience as a result of it. Mm -hmm. um, that is amazing. That is amazing. I, I'm really excited about the uh, um, the, the uh, podcasts that you're working on and this meaningful conversations that you're having. Uh, love it. And, and for what I remember, you said you, 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 you started with the idea of doing one a day or one a week, and now you're doing like five a day or something. Bro, I was starting off with thinking, oh, I do eight to 10 for the whole series. And now it's, it's 110 recorded ones so far in the last two and a half months. So, it, you know, it's a good lesson of how we can sometimes horribly undershoot what our potential and capacity is. But when you find that, you know, and I think this is something with confidence too. One of the real measures of confidence is where we can really learn to listen in, listen to and lean into our heart and allow it to guide us. And it seems so cliche sometimes because we've heard it said over and over again, and it's hard to put, you know, we like to put metrics around a lot of things because metrics give us some data point that we can understand. But I will say that one of the most rewarding, fulfilling experiences for me in life in business and everything has been those times where I've really leaned into my heart, allowed it to guide me. Yeah. This podcast piece has been an example of that where going from eight to 10 conversations thought that would be the whole piece to now 110 plus and still going strong where we're posting out content every day. Now it's a totally heart centered, heartfelt place. And it's just, it's really, really incredible where it takes us. And that's a, a massive confidence contributor and builder. Absolutely. I think those having, I think connecting with people and having those conversations helps you boost your confidence. And, yeah. and as, as social animals that we are, if we don't connect with people, I think that that hurts our confidence. I mean, once you connect with someone and you you hear their stories and you get help and you give help and you know that interaction it starts, that's a huge confidence builder. And then. In your case, or in my case, getting your message out there, that's a huge confidence builder. I love it. And I, I had the same story with this show. For years and years, I wanted to talk about confidence. And as an immigrant, I had to work on my confidence for 20 years, and I still do. I mean, going from language, learning the culture, learning how to do business, learning how to you know, find your place in a society. These are all tough, tough things to do. And I, and like in your, when we were talking about dealing with men and women, right? My mom and dad never taught me how to talk to girls and boys. They just taught me how to be polite, right? But they didn't tell me about the social dynamics, if you will. And so um, I, I felt like that was a, that was a very important piece to talk about. And finally, like two months ago, I pulled the trigger. I'm like, I'm going to talk about this. And thank God it's been, it's been doing pretty good so far. Now, another question that popped in my mind is these days with what, with what's going on in the world in the U S and, and this whole COVID-19 stuff, I'm thinking a lot of people maybe lost their confidence. Maybe they're not feeling very confident, confident, maybe they're not up to optimistic about the future. What's your tip for someone that is in that boat? 
that's a great question. And I'm going to, I'm going to tiptoe on it because there's so many sensitive issues. And if I, if I step on somebody's toes, as I tiptoes, please forgive me. This is just one person's opinion. One person's observation it does not have to be your gospel. I think one of the fundamental challenges that many of us have evolved into in the US and North America, first world countries, is that our lives have become in many ways so incredibly comfortable. Humans at our basic core are, are, are animals that want to avoid pain and gain pleasure. That is the fundamental thing that drives all of our behaviors. We're trying to avoid pain, gain pleasure. We will try to avoid pain in the short term, even though long term it may cause us more pain. Easy examples is the relationship you stay in, you're currently in, or you have stayed in in the past that you know is not the relationship that was for you, served you, but you stayed in it for a prolonged period of time, or you're still staying in it because of the fear of the pain that will come when you break up. We live in a world now where pleasure in any sense, comfort is literally a couple swipes away. You know, with these things now, we can have food, fornication, all sorts of matters of comfort and pleasure literally show up at our doorstep with a few swipes. What happens with that, I think, at a deeper psychological level is because it's so easy to have the comforts, the instant pleasure, that we come, we get into a dynamic of wanting to be taken care of more, wanting to be have more people do it, and so we sit back, and especially in with government, you know, what are they going to do for us? How are they going to solve this problem? Who's going to take care of me? They need to figure this out so I can get back to normal, whatever that is. And now, is there some degree of truth to that? For sure, when we when we have to interact with certain laws and policies to to help society function coexist to some degree, yeah. At the end of the day, though, you are the steward, the custodian, the gatekeeper, whatever you want to call it, of your happiness. You're in charge of the quality of your life. No one is going to force you to stress eat. No one is going to force you to, to be unhappy. No one is going to force you to think disparaging thoughts about the world. That That's something that you're doing and you have control of. And so while there may be a lot of things that at these times you feel that you are out of control, and trust me, I sat in that. I feel that I still wrestle with it at times. What's important to is not obsess over the things that you can't control, but to obsess over what you can. What you can always control is the quality of your thoughts, the quality of your emotions, quality of your relationships and the quality of your reactions to what's going on, what's being said, and then the quality of actions that you take in accordance to the things that you're passionate about and you believe in. If you want to bypass some of the craziness and the, for a lack of polite terms, political stupor that's going on in the world, you know, whatever you believe, whatever side that you're on, whether it's you know the extreme of COVID being a conspiracy theory to the other extreme that COVID is going to be the plague that's going to wipe out humanity. Mm -hmm. Recognize in there, there's always a middle ground, and that's going to be where you put your feet. If you imagine just existing in a world where you are where your feet are, and it really looking and being present to where your feet are, and again, asking those questions of, you know, what's important to me? What do I want to focus on? What do I want to create? Who do I want to show up as today? 
What kind of leader do I want to be? What kind of business owner? What kind of family member? What kind of husband, wife, brother, sister, cousin, lover, whatever that is? What kind of friend do I want to be today? Those are things that are grabbing onto tangibles that you actually have control over. We will feel a lack of confidence and a lack of control when we obsess over that which we cannot control. So if I can't control what you're going to think about me after this, I just can't. And if I obsess over that, it's going to make for a really rough day for me. But what I can control is I can control to do my best to show up as I am and be who I am and let the chips fall as they may in a very simple way. What we focus on, we'll inevitably experience. Yeah. So be intentional about where you put your focus. If you don't like what you're seeing out in the world, start by changing what you see in the world that you can control right in front of you. And if I may add to that, some people may be wondering, what do I do? What's the next thing? Um, I would say grab a piece of paper and put the question on top. What should be my focus right now? And write down what the, what the answer of that question is. Next yep. question, like Jesse says, what do I have control over? Answer the question there and you will know what you have control over. Right. Um, what are the like? And, and if I may add to that, do these personal SWOT analysis. Write down what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, and with respect to what's going on in the world, write down what are the opportunities for me right now? What are the threats out there for me? And once you get awareness of awareness internally and externally, then you can focus your thoughts on, all right, here's what I want. And that will boost your confidence like nothing else. Yeah. Now, if I could just piggyback off that too. The reason that you and I know each other right now is because I did that. Because... When I woke up in March in the middle of the night with an oh shit moment, like many of us have, focusing on the things I couldn't control, I grabbed a pen and piece of paper and started writing down those exact questions. Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? What kind of leader do I want to be? And it's those answers that led to the whole last several months of my life transpiring that has allowed me to meet and be connected with you and be here sharing with you right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, that awareness... Once you gain awareness about on your strengths and weaknesses, and once you get awareness about who you are, then you can connect pe with people who are maybe in the same realm as you are. Once you know what you can connect people and find people that can help you get to where you want to be, yeah, a lot easier. Um, Jesse, uh, I know we're kind of getting to the top top of the hour. Uh, before we wrap up, please tell us about your business and what you do and how you help people. Yeah. So Zero Limits Coaching, really, it's about what I'm what I'm really passionate about is working with people who are wanting to find that amazing intersection where they can have a thriving business and really live a fulfilling life. I think success without fulfillment is failure. I think so often we're we're chasing the success piece, thinking it's going to bring us the happiness and fulfillment piece. And we end up hearing the stories of the millionaires or the multimillionaires sitting on the edge of the bridge. I'm not interested in playing in that space. The space I'm interested in playing in is, is the people who really just want to, to thrive through life. And the reason why is because what I found is with many of these folks and building their thriving business and living their fulfilling life, part of that piece for them is to really dig deep into the, that which they're really, really passionate about 
may not be exactly their business, maybe a part of their business. And often that's where their purpose is. And this comes into the really cool world changing pieces where people are looking at tackling, how can we change education? How can we use our influence? Uh, folks I work with in entertainment, it's incredible to see when they look at how to leverage their celebrity into putting it behind things that they're deeply passionate about causes, organizations that are meaningful to them, the kind of, the kind of headway, I mean, we're talking ripples to tidal waves very quickly. Absolutely. Um, we're going to give away a gift. What would your gift be? Man, that's a great question. I, I would ask anybody who wants a gift, what would be most helpful to them? What would be most helpful to them? And whatever it is within reason, I'd be happy to honor that. So whether that's doing a, 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 coaching call with me whether that's a you know an interview on their podcast show something like that i i'm, I'm pretty open to that so whatever i can do to serve and support you i'm i'm game for that beauty so i'm going to announce the winner on my end robert abby won a ticket to my quarter planning workshop happening on 26 27 june 26 27 that's next weekend uh this is uh um, I would say a $4,000 workshop. And that's what people get when they stay engaged. Uh, Jesse, can I just put something out there on Please. your behalf? Please. Would you be open to give away a one-hour coaching session? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So we're going to go through our show notes on different platforms. We're going to pick a winner. We will announce the winner uh, later. Also, later uh, the, today or this weekend, we're going to announce um, the winners from our last week's launch party. Uh, we got we have 12 winners from last week. We're going to uh, post it uh, on our pages, tag these winners, and we'll reach out to them. Um, Jesse, my last question always is, if you had an ad, a Facebook ad, that everyone on the planet could see, what would that ad say for you? What would you want to display so that everyone could see? Love yourself. Fall in love with the person you see in the mirror. Love it. Absolutely love it. Love it, love it, love it. Jesse, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate the conversation and your time. I uh, I feel like I could go on for another couple of hours and just keep going and on this topic and different topics and uh, go on. How was it for you? Safa, it was great, man. I really appreciate you having me on and Thanks for everybody who's who's watched, who's listened, who's commented, who's contributed to the conversation. You by doing that, you all make it all the more meaningful. And and Mustafa, I really, I really am grateful that you trusted that voice two months ago and just jumped in and went for the confidence thing and created this incredible platform for people. And thanks for having me be a part of it. Thank you. I appreciate you and your message. Um, and thanks for having us. Hopefully, maybe we'll have you again on the show and we'll continue the conversation as I feel like this could go on forever. I love that. <laughs> now, gang, for those of you who are watching and listening, one way that uh, that I help my um, uh, clients and people to boost their confidence is by gaining clarity and focus on their business and knowing exactly what they should do for their business and knowing exactly what they should do to grow and scale their business. So I have a couple of workshops coming up. One is the quarterly planning workshop. That is when we... Uh, spent a couple of days to build our one-page business plan and uh, simplify everything and 
no one understand. Here's what I need to do exactly in the next quarter, next 12 months, and the next three to five years uh, to grow and scale up my business. Because if we don't know what we want, it would be pretty hard to get something that we don't know what it is. Now, that's one thing that we do. Another one is our workshop, Simple Marketing Formula Bootcamp. And that is happening on uh, the week of July 6th and 11th. That is where I help our students to create and implement their one-page marketing plan in seven days or less. It, both, both, both of these classes are live. They are interactive. We do a lot of breakout sessions. We do lots of mastermind sessions. And you will walk out of both with clarity and focus, knowing what your business is all about. One, is, The Simple Marketing Formula class is about your one-page marketing plan, and the quarterly planning workshop is about your one-page business plan. If you wanted to check it out, I posted the link in the show notes and in the comments, and I will make sure that these are included in our show notes. And if you have any questions, any comments about what we just talked about, uh, you can reach out to Jesse. I will include his contact information, and we will announce the winner of uh, his uh, one-hour coaching session uh, later uh, this week or next week. And uh, again, if you write and re a review and do a rating for our uh, show on Apple Podcast, your name gets entered into winning more prizes and gifts from me and from my guests. And I just gave away a, what you might call it, a ticket to a $2,000 workshop to Robert Abbey, which we, Robert, please reach out to me and we will get that sorted out for you. Please like and subscribe um, to the show. If you know of a friend that could benefit from this conversation, please tag them in the comments. And by tagging them, your name again gets entered into the list for to win prizes. And you can also follow our show on multiple platforms in, on the web, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, on multiple podcast platforms. And uh, that's it for me. Jesse, Thanks again for joining me. I really appreciate your time and I look forward to continuing this conversation later. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. We'll see you all later. Bye now.